welcome to the Rebel and Muse podcast, where you can join us on our journey of self-improvement. I'm Kaleo Wassman. And I'm Melanie Wassman. Tune in each week to discover how we find balance in health, love, and life. All right, welcome back. Happy Monday, Rebels and Muses. We have a very special guest. We're trying something different today. We are doing a remote recording with a man named Miguel Chen, and he's all the way out there in Wyoming. Are you in Laramie, Wyoming, Miguel? I am in Laramie, Wyoming. Laramie. All right. So it's going to sound a little bit different than you're used to, listeners out there, but we have a really, really, um, really interesting podcast today because I feel like we're in complete congruence with this guest with the way that we live our life and um, and also the way that he's been living his life. It's yeah. pretty interesting. And not only that, you're a fellow musician. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I I'm, mean, uh, you I, play in Pepper, right? Yep. Yeah, I, I feel like we were on the Warp Tour together for like a day or two. Oh, but the Warp Tour never, and, and, and uh, rest in peace, Warp Tour, because now uh, now it's moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Are you uh, guys doing are you guys doing any um I would say uh farewell dates on this uh warp tour this summer? Or are you guys already booked we're, up? We're not. Yeah. We're we're just kind of doing our own thing. You guys? No, no. We actually have a summer tour that's taking us all the way to September. <laughs> Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big one. <laughs> But let me, let's go back. I want to introduce you. So I'm going to read part of your bio here because it's really fascinating to me. Miguel Chen has been adventuring all his life. At the age of three, he moved from his birthplace of Mexico City to the state of Wyoming, where he currently resides. Between touring and playing bass with his band, the unstoppable Teenage Bottle Rocket, which is on Fat Records, and journeying to master his yoga practice, Miguel has visited five continents and 40 countries. When he's not on the road, he teaches at the self-owned Blossom Yoga in Laramie and Cheyenne, Wyoming. He recently returned from Rishikesh, India after studying Hatha and Ashtanga Yoga at Shiva Yoga Peet. Miguel is also the author of new book, I Want to Be Well, How a Punk Found Peace and You Can Too, which is out on Wisdom Publications. And this book combines his passion of music, yoga, and spirituality. I mean, if that is not in congruence with the way Rebel and Muse lives, that's, I don't know what is. <laughs> so your publicist, I think it was your publicist, sent me a copy of the book, and I am about halfway done today, and it's amazing. I really, really enjoying it. It's really fun for me because not only are you well-traveled with yoga and with your music, um, but also, you know, diving into some deep spirituality and deep yoga. I think you're a 500-hour yoga teacher, correct? I am, yes. Yeah, and you own two yoga studios, and Ashtanga is a, is a serious kind of yoga, so you, you're deep into it. And you also are on the road as a touring musician with your band. So, I mean, that right there is is very similar to the, the life that Kaleo and I live. Yeah, it's, it's a strange, it's a strange uh, synchronicity, right? It is, definitely. But what I really appreciate about your book is that you bring in all of this deep spirituality, Buddhism, yoga, but you keep it so... 
um, I don't want to say simplified, but you f- you keep it very accessible. Digestible? Very digestible. Right. Yeah. And you start off with this accessibility and then you get deeper and deeper. And I was I was cracking up at some points. Um, you know, it's you, you kind of ease people into the spirituality. And I, I thought that was really awesome. Uh, thank you so much. You know, that was, uh, I really thought so much about that coming into this book. Cause I, I thought about like a lot of the books and a lot of the teachings and the stuff that has influenced me and my path. And I was like, there's no way in fuck I would ever read those books if it weren't for like a certain series of events. So other people like me, you know, why would why would they read a book by like Thich Nhat Hanh or the Dalai Lama or, right. you know, why would they ever pick up light on yoga, you know? Like there's right. no reason for them to. It, it seems so so far away from from punk rock and from, you know, who we are. And, and if it weren't like life or fate kind of stumbled me in that direction, and, you know, um, I, and what was that what was that kind of like turning point for you? Yeah, you know I after you know if you read the book you kind of get like a background but let's keep it super short like my mom and my sister died when I was pretty young and and that obviously fucked me up and uh, and so my I think my way of dealing with that was like, fuck everything. I'm just going to play punk music and, and I'm going to just party constantly. And that's going to be my life. Like, I don't, I don't really care what happens to me because, you know, I'm going to die anyway. Everyone dies. Mm -hmm. So I really just dove into the band completely. It was like the only positive thing in my life. And everything else was like super self-destructive. And, and at some point in time, I was like, "Holy shit, everything is going so well for the band." Like, at some point over the years, you know, we we got on our favorite record label. We were touring with all our favorite bands. We were traveling all these amazing places, and I I was just like, "Cool, I have everything I ever wanted." Why am I so fucking sad? Right. Mm-hmm. And um, it's and, it, it's so funny. It's because uh, you you do get to a certain point in your craft, in your position, and things are looking up and, and things are looking fantastic. But if you're not really tapping into the most important source of fulfillment, which is which is the self, which is going within, then all of that other stuff seems to just you know fall in the wayside. Most definitely. And it's it's one of the most basic teachings, I think, right, of of Easter and spiritual practices is you can you can grasp all you want for these things that are outside of you, but in the end none of it is gonna matter if if you don't have this good connection inwards. And, mm-hmm. It's about the connectedness yeah. for sure. And and you had a, so coming back to the book, you mentioned that you had a friend's mother and you were kind of a I don't remember what you said, but you're kind of a jerk off at that time or something like that. Oh, yeah, I was a, that was a little yeah. fucker. I yeah. was an asshole for sure. And she made you promise to read The Four Agreements. That is a fantastic yeah. book. So at what age did you read The Four Agreements? 
I would have at that point, I think, been 18, maybe 19 years old. Okay. And and it's a book, actually, like, honestly, I still read it. Oh, yeah. I read it pretty much every year, I think. And, oh, boy, did I not want to fucking read that book the first time (laughs) I did, like, at all. Yeah. Well, that's sometimes when we have that resistance, we need to ask ourselves why. And when we let go of that resistance, we allow so much more. So apparently that was a big pivotal moment for you. And like, totally. yeah. And like you said, I mean, you know, when you're in a certain lifestyle and you're not really um, exposed to the the texts of yoga or these really deep spiritual books, you're not going to pick up Patanjali's Yoga Sutras and, and get it. And, and, you know, and really resonate with it. So what was the, what was the catalyst there for you to actually write this book? Did you want to bring this to more of the people that you are with on the other side of your life, which is the music industry? Absolutely. I mean, as weird as it sounds to say, so much of this kind of came up because of social media, which is, it, I kind of cringe when I say that out loud, but, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of true. Like, so I'd be on Facebook and and I'd be like, on paper, this is the raddest thing that exists. I have all these friends all around the world and here's this platform where, you know, we get to stay in touch constantly. We get to see what everyone's doing and like sort of hang out. And then I was like, on paper, it rules that in, in practice, it's such an awful, dark, shitty place and all everyone does is complain and be pissed off and and no one's happy and so i was like that sucks like what what can i do and so i started a little bit just i'm gonna break it up by just sharing little bits of of like the positive stuff that's coming up in my life because of these practices i'm doing and and it doesn't have to be super deep or anything it's just I just want to throw something happy in the mix once in a while to break it up. And, and that just took off. Like people really started to notice like, uh, Miguel seems to be kind of happy. And, and these, these Facebook posts he's doing are super positive. So from that, I got, I got some opportunities to write a few articles for some blogs. And then I landed in, um, Shambhala Sun magazine, I think, was a big catalyst for. Here's this big Buddhist magazine. It just landed in the right hands for for the right people to see it. So there was a a lady who was working at Wisdom Publications. Her husband was a big teenage bottle rocket fan. Picked up Shambhala Sun was like check out this article by this guy in this band I like and and that was sort of it the rest just fell together they reached out asked if I wanted to do it and, and here we are doing doing a podcast talking about the thing that actually happened it happened that's that's fantastic buddy and then um I mean for you personally when you started to be very aware and mindful of this positivity change and sharing that with people what was uh i mean did it just does it just resonate with you like you know what i want to speak more of these things 
because it's starting to feel good. And were you able to let go of some things that were holding you back in a negative place? Most definitely. I, you know, right when I start, sort of started self-destruction, like turbo mode, fuck the world, I'm going to die. Like, I didn't care at all. I, I truly, honestly did not give a shit. I was like, I'm going to do what I want when I want. And then I just expected I would I'd probably die. So then when I didn't die, I, <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh, shit. Like, if I'm going to live, do I, do I want to live, like, this sad, fucking angry life? Or do right. I want to... Do I want to be happy? Yeah, it, it, it's so funny when you put it in that word, in those, in that you know term, because it's like, of course I want the latter. Of course yeah. I want to be happy. Totally. Right. <laughs> but but it's kind of nice. It's it's nice, Miguel, because everyone finds what they need to do when they need to do it. And there's an old saying: the things that you seek are seeking you. And when I think about that, it's when I finally open my eyes to like, oh my gosh, it's been here. I just had to make the, uh, the shift. I had to have that awareness happen for me to be able to accept and allow this change in my life. And it happens for us all. And, and the best thing about it is, is because of our free will, we are able to expand and explore at our own pace. And so what we find out and what we can share with others, what you're doing with the book, what you're doing with this podcast right now, it's, it means everything to Melanie and I, because this is the reason why we started our podcast, Rebel and Muse, was to bring comfort to people who are exploring and understanding that this beautiful opportunity of expansion is theirs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly it. Right. It's, it's, it's kind of all of our birthright in a way, you know, like as human beings, we, we have so much power to, to make our life what we really want it to be. And, and, and like, not everybody, probably most of us at some point in our life, just willingly just give away that power. Wow. And we just, we, we choose to just be miserable we, and we, we don't even realize we're doing it. Right. right. I like how you say we choose. We choose. Because it is a choice. It's a daily choice. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you touch on that in the book about how, you know, these little, I, I like how every chapter is pretty short but it grows upon the next one. And then you have little things to do at the end of each chapter, like just sit, just meditate for five minutes, follow your breath, just sit. And that's something that we talk about in the podcast a lot. And that is about getting that connection, right? That connection of self again, the connection to um, other people, to your higher self, whatever it is that you need to feel connected to instead of disconnecting, which is I think what, you know, some people just don't know how to connect and they're always constantly living in this disconnect. And that goes back to the seeking of things, you know, and when someone's ready to find something, that thing that they're trying to find is also trying to find them. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. And, you know, the, uh, like the practice part of the chapter was so intentional. 
I, you know, maybe like the most important part I think of the book, like if I had to scrap all like the stories and all like the funny stuff and all the background and bullshit and I was left with like a five page book or something that was just like, (laughs) here's some small practices, give them a try if you want. Like that I think would be like, it's so important to the structure of the book because I was like, all right, everybody is a person. Everybody has a life. Everybody has a story, so what am I going to do? Just write a book that's my story? Who gives a shit? Like, I want, I, I want my book to have something that the reader can take and, and make their, their own thing. Yeah. And I- so that's why there's, like, 20 practices. It's like, just try some of these. If any of them work for you, it's yours. And, and go with it. If it doesn't work for you, fuck it. Like, try something else. Mm-hmm. And it's very accessible because you're not telling them, okay, dive into second series Ashtanga Yoga. You're having them stand in mountain pose and explaining that you're doing yoga. <laughs> you know, totally. so it's it's not, it, there's, I, I hear people all the time tell me, Melanie, I really need to meditate. I don't know how to start. Or I'd love to do yoga, but I don't know how to start and I'm, I'm fearful of it. So I think this book is really um, needed in our day and time. It's it's pretty exciting. Uh, I appreciate that. I'm, yeah. I'm glad it came off as accessible because that was so much the intention. Mm-hmm. So let's go back a little bit. So how did you get into yoga? Oh, boy. Uh, kicking and screaming. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want anything to do with it, to be honest. I... I, I had been meditating for for years, and that had sort of given me like these glimpses of calm and happiness and stillness that that I've been looking for so desperately. So when, of course, everyone comes into your life and they're like, "Oh, if you like meditation, you got to try yoga," and and I would look at yoga and be like, "That looks." so stupid like it just looks like a bunch of dumb exercise shit and I don't know they're lighting candles and then exercising so it's different like I I don't want anything to do with that like for me it was the heart of spiritual practice is sitting and meditating and everything else is just extra bullshit so didn't want to do yoga. <laughs> and I, I, I like honestly hate to say this, it sounds so dumb, but it was finally a girl. <laughs> <laughs> it always and, is, right? Whatever it gets always you through is. the door. It's always, yeah. Yeah, it always and, is. And she kind of put me on assignment. She was like, you're going to go to this class. And and I did. I went I went to my first yoga class. I fucking didn't want to be there. And then the next day I went to my second yoga class. And then the next day I went to my third yoga class. And then all of a sudden, you're hooked. 
yeah, all of a sudden, next thing I know, I'm taking my first teacher training, and then I'm working as a teacher, and then I'm taking over the studio I was working at, and then I was opening a second studio, doing more trainings, and I met my wife, because he, like it just blew up. It was such a huge, huge part of my life. I, like, I, I don't think it's... You know, it, it's fair to say for sure that yoga, like I owe yoga so much, like for sure my wife and our relationship, my my own progress on my self-care and spiritual path, like I, and it was this thing that I thought I hated and I thought I wanted nothing to do with, but it's become one of the greatest like teachers in my life. I love it. So once we step out of our own way, right, that point of resistance, and we just allow mm -hmm. things to happen, it's amazing what can actually be shown to us. Absolutely. So you and your wife, Lily, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So you and Lily own two yoga studios now. We do. And how is that when you're on the road touring? Does she run them? Do you have a staff? I'm asking this because I own a yoga studio here in Oceanside. And um, yeah. it's a lot of work. <laughs> oh, boy, it's a lot of work, right? Yeah. It, it's, yeah. So my wife definitely does so much work. Um, over at our second location uh, in Cheyenne, Wyoming, we, we brought in a partner for, like, 30% of the company. Mm -hmm. So she kind of stands as our, like, co-owner, acting manager, oh, that's which nice. is nice because yeah. I only have to go to Cheyenne one day a week now if I'm, if I'm home. But, uh, so, so that's Jill. She does a lot, but oh my God, my wife, she, she is really something special <laughs> and she really, you know, I, I think if I didn't have her, I would leave on tour and come home and also not have a yoga studio. Right. Um, I do have, I, I want to say I have like 24, 25 teachers that work for me between my two locations. Wow, that's a lot. But, um, yeah, and then and then I have like, like cleaning people. But, mm -hmm. you know, teachers come in, they teach their class, they take off, and then cleaners come in, clean the place, take off. So as far as like, administrative work and marketing and that sort of stuff it's it's like that i'm attached to my macbook oh yeah you know some sometimes i'll be in like tokyo or you know rio de janeiro somewhere super fucking far from laramie wyoming handling all these business emails like right before sound check and then go I, I don't I don't quite know how or why it works. It does, but it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, it's so funny because I, I never really I never really care about the how. I just care about the what. So if I care about what happens, I find that how usually just works itself out. And it's really nice uh, that you have, yeah. It's nice that you have that um, that connection, and someone 
I, I have the, the same thing. Melanie has her studio here. And then when I'm on tour, I'm gone, you know, and you know exactly what that is. My, uh, my next question for you is where or how do you find balance on the road, especially with your practice? Because the reason why I ask this is, let's give you an example. If I'm playing a festival, I notice that one of the quietest, well, I take that back. One of the uh, less populated places is underneath the stage. And that's, and that's where I usually bust out my yoga mat. And then, I'll, yeah, and then I'll go and it's like, it's kind of like my little uh, away, away, away in the middle of everything. Or maybe, maybe uh, the truck trailer and uh, everything's emptied out because the show is set up. So what are, I, I'm always looking for people who do, because to be honest with you, um, I don't run into a lot of yogis on the road. I'm yeah. I'm kind of out there alone, you know, <laughs> like, and so I'm always looking to improve my spots, my game, and uh, I, I always am interested, in, if I do find a yogi that's a musician, I love to ask them, where is their sanctuary for this, you know, very, very sacred time? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right, it's, it's, it's a lonely time. <laughs> 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 we got to go on tour together, buddy, then we got it. <laughs> yeah, then there's two of us. Then we've doubled our population. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, like like you mentioned, if, if festivals, the game really becomes what's the quietest, least populated <laughs> right. place. And trailer, of course, oftentimes a good spot. Sometimes you'll just luck out and it'll be like, oh, cool, the backstage is all these tents in this beautiful green field and if you just walk another 20 feet there's no tents but you know that's uh those are few and far betweens but i definitely i do, i definitely like that but yeah my my to, so, my to go to is i'm looking on improving and uh, if nothing yeah. comes and if nothing comes to mind i'm going to call you later or or, or you can text me <laughs> well, oh, no, no. yeah go ahead I, I i've got i mean you know there's there's a few other other tricks there's for starters, we always have, like, here's the party, like, you just want to raise, like, and drink a thousand beers <laughs> hotel room. Here's the, do not fucking make any noise after 9 p.m. room. Yep, the library. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm always in the quiet room, and, you know, <laughs> like, a big part of it is, okay, it's so it's usually me and one other guy in that room. It's like, just wake up super early. You'll still be asleep. Do uh, my shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, One of the cool things I found, my man, is uh, I wake up before anybody does in the bus. And whether we're still rolling or we're at the hotel before we go to the venue, I'll, um, I'll go to the back lounge. And what I'll do is I'll take the cushions off uh, and kind of make a Zafu there. And then, uh, uh huh. And then I'll sit in the back lounge and I'll get a good 20, 25 minute meditation before any stirring happens on the bus. And that's that's my meditation hack as far as the road goes. Yeah, I mean, in in our realm, like usually we only get a bus if it's like warp tour or if we're in Europe. Right. Like in the states, we're like flying around everywhere, just doing a van. Yeah. But like. It, in my realm, if we happen to be on work tour or over in Europe, 
everyone's still awake in the back lounge when it's morning time. <laughs> 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 yeah, so, yeah, that doesn't work. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that means you got to go to the front lounge. But in Europe, everything's like a double decker, so it's just like you, you got to search it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back to the book. Yeah, so where can listeners find your book? Yeah, I mean, Amazon, super easy place, awesome. iBooks. Uh, if you, if, if Bot or I could play near you, we always have them at the merch table, and I'm always, always really happy to, you know, hang out with people who've read it, and if they have questions, or nice. Do a little if they think signing. the book sucks, they can tell me, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so what's next for you? Or do you have a tour coming up? Do you have some yoga, something going on with yoga in Wyoming? A second book, maybe? Yeah, like any kind of retreats that you guys do up in Wyoming as well? Um, no, no retreats really right now. We host a lot of workshops, but Excellent. I'm gone so much, it's kind of hard to, to me personally do extra stuff. But yeah, like... Um, we do this yoga for punks thing where awesome. if we're playing festivals, we'll hold free classes. We're doing one in Montreal coming up. We're doing one at the Fest in Gainesville in October. So there's that. Bottle Rocket, you know, we're off to Mexico. We're doing Europe. We're going out here with Descendants in October. All kinds of cool stuff there. Uh, fun. I am working on a second book, as a matter of fact. Ooh, what's this one going to be about? The second book is more zoned in on, like, death, specifically. Okay. And yeah. um, it's kind of been such a huge part of my own path, and, and whether or not people want to admit it, it's going to be a huge part of their path sooner or later. So right. I, I just want to kind of write a lighthearted book to to get that conversation open beautiful yeah that's that's yeah. actually a great premise i mean you're right we i mean two guarantees right death and taxes yep yeah right and i mean it's, it's so foolish might as well get the conversation going yeah and yeah. if you can actually find some peace with death while you're alive you take all of the uh anxiety the fear everything and you remove it away you, you know what it's going to happen someday. And for me, when I think about that, I instantly go to, well, what's happening in my life right now? And how do I pay attention to the moment even clearer, have more focus on the now when I actually think about, you know, death will happen. So it's a, it's actually a great tool to bring you back to the moment. It is, right? Yeah. It's a bit like, it, it's strange thinking about how you don't want to dwell on the future. You don't want to, like, just be afraid of dying. But, but by actually investigating your own end, it brings you back to your present. Like, like nothing else can. I just said by actually investing your own end that came up strange. Not like I meant to do. I'm talking about death, not buts. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a beautiful conversation to have. And one thing that stuck out with me in, in your current book is how, 
and we won't get into it too much because I want people to, to seek out your book, but how your mom was at the, the end of her journey with cancer and how she made peace with everything and how you thought it was very beautiful. Oh, well, stuff for you. I mean, yeah. it was it was the most like connected, effortlessly just to life that I've I've seen a human being ever be. And and I was like, how can someone whose time is running out be someone who's dying? Like, how can someone who's actively dying be so alive and so open hearted? And wow. And among many, many wonderful lessons from my mom, that that is is it's up there, you know. That yeah. is that is absolutely just so beautiful. It is. That's so yeah. beautiful. Well, with that being said, I'm really excited and looking forward to your second book because I know there's going to have a lot of um, probably some similar thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Thank you. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm having a great time writing it so far. Good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Miguel. It has been a pleasure, and I am hoping that one of these days Kaleo is going to be touring out in Laramie, Wyoming, and I'm going to hop over there and visit him, and then we'll have to go visit you and your wife in there, your yoga studio. There is absolutely <laughs> no doubt in my mind that we are hanging out. There, this I is, know. This is how the universe works for me. Just from this conversation, we're going to end up at a festival together, maybe in like Sao Paulo, and like <laughs> and we're, we're just going to connect and, and speak more just amazing things. And um, I, can, I just cannot thank you enough for your time. And the interesting, oh, this is fantastic. I'd like to share this with everyone right now. I'm having the strongest deja vu ever at this one moment. <laughs> interesting really interesting what does it mean basil oh there's so much i don't understand but i don't care i just yeah. want, i just want to be happy and, and and spread like spread as many uh i would say um expanding positivity uh life beams out of my soul sun how's that uh, yeah that, that's beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> you should write a book babe <laughs> oh, no but miguel you know. honestly like like f- deep from me. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for what you're doing. And uh, you know, it's 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 brilliant to know that um, the world is getting fed this way. No, uh, that it, it really means so much to me. The the support and and thank you guys for having me on the show. Also, very beautiful work that you're doing. And I think as long as we're all out there trying to do our part, things are gonna inch by inch get. A little better. I love that. I agree. All right. Well, thank right. you, Miguel. Thank and you, Miguel. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you uh, next Monday. All right. Peace. All of us. Yeah.